0: Scott. I got a bad feeling about this.
1: Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. You, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Yes,
2: Is your time. Now go out there and take it.
3: Han Solo. I've been waiting for this day for a long time. Can't
0: wait. Let's
2: This is the Bart and Han Show on 98.7 ESPN.
3: Hour number three. Bart and Han, Alan Han, Bart Scott. 98.7 ESPN. 800-919-3776 is the number. Tons of calls on this show earlier. We'll keep the calls rolling for you. Again, 800 919 3776. A lot to get you in this hour, Bart. As man, the Mets are pretty much done, right? I mean, it's just Han. they don't help the Yankees. Is it, is it 1%? I mean, I don't even know what the percentage is. Pete <laughs> Alonso kind of like, he's already let that go. We'll play it's 1% left.
0: It was 2.2% like, what, about a, about a week ago? Yeah. What is it again, Anthony?
4: I think it's 0.1. Oh,
0: so you're saying a chance? There's a chance. <laughs> there is a chance. Not a good one. one. But it's they, they
3: lose six three, the frustration really boiling over uh, with them. But it's a, it really is it's a, it's just it feels like the baseball season is just coming to this sort of yeah uh, sputtering end. We ha- we have Pete Alonso right, kind of making it pretty clear that they know they're not making the playoffs. You want to play that, Anthony?
0: Yes, it's it's unlikely um, that I mean that's that's just a fact. I mean we we haven't played up to our potential, and um, as unfortunate as as that is, I mean, we still have, um, I think, 11, 12 games left. And, and we have to finish the season strong regardless of where we're at in the standings because that, that's just what we have to do.
3: Mets are going to be that organization that this offseason, we've talked about this, Steve Cohen now, if you're the owner for a year, like it's it really have to attack this offseason as, as a franchise that is going to prove, A, willing to spend money, but you got to do it smartly. But you got to get some real leadership in here. Yeah. Like it just begins there, right? And nobody—it's going to be Billy Bean. Whether it's going to be you know Theo Epstein, whoever it's going to be, put some real leadership in here. Get this thing set on track because Bart, like, they have good players. This is not a bad team. I mean, Degrom's injury really, really derailed anything that was no. any kind of optimism that you had for what they could be. Syndergaard, you haven't seen him all yeah, year. But Probably so- shouldn't. So
0: many, so many decisions that you have to make. Though. I know. Like, I mean, Sinigard is one of those you can't decisions. Think, you Michael can't think Conforto Rojas is the guy yeah. to go forward with. Yeah. You
3: can't. You cannot believe that that's the way to go forward. Let's start there. Yeah. Can't be.
0: My, Michael Conforto. You got to make a decision on. Right. Dom Smith. You got to make a decision on. Jeff McNeil. You got to make a decision on it. Oh, by the way, Cano's coming back next year. So now you got to make a decision. Yeah, you oh, got to make no. a decision on that, right? Yeah. Like you hope that it's a universal DH. You know, because, you know, you got to figure out what you're going to do with that dude. Because remember, that was a bad part of the deal that you had to take that massive contract. Mm-hmm. Now you got away from it because you going not have to pay it this year because he can't, you know, stay off the sauce. But then he'll be back and you have to make decisions about where you're going to play him and where you're going to fit him in as well. So they have to make decisions. And, you know, they got to understand it's not about the flashy picks that they got bringing in the door. They have to prove it. And I don't want to hear anything from anybody. They need to keep their mouth shut and get their work done. Nobody wants to hear anything about how great they feel, how good everybody is when they, get it, when they, when they start acquiring players. Just shut up and work. Yeah,
3: I just think, again, it's got to start from the very top, though. I, I don't, It's not going to be as much as going out and spending money in free agency. I don't think it's that. I think they have good enough players, Bart. I really do get healthy and just i mean get the, get the organization on the right track, but just get you know get a manager in here that knows what he's doing yeah, like, come on, if did- that, that, that can be that guy in a lot like I don't understand what's happened, and I know Aaron Boone's taken a lot of this too, where it's the managers just kind of become the buddy,
2: you know what I don't know,
3: like why is that now the thing where we want a manager that can just kind of manage people and personalities like you played you played professional sports, Bart. I mean, you understand. I know football is a much different sport. Baseball, you don't want to be too jacked up; it actually works against you. But you still got to have a leader that Emotion. everybody kind of buys into, believes in. That, that doesn't that still matter in this sport, or no? Like, am I completely off base here? No, it
0: does. You have to
3: have I mean, didn't somebody like Kevin Cash is somebody that everybody in Tampa looks at and goes, "Guy knows what he's doing." Like, I trust him. I yeah. believe in him. See, but this is
0: an organization. That's their DNA, right? They know they have limited resources or they choose to use limited resources so they get the best out of their buck, right? Because they understand and identify what a Tampa Bay Ray looks like. So they go out and they get one to be guys. That <laughs> what does don't, it look like? It's a guy nobody's ever heard of that just plays well. Exactly. But that's more about their, That's <laughs> more about their coaching. This is more about their development, Maybe. their farm system, all the thing, all those things are included, right? When you talk about, I mean, wh- who was that the other couple of years ago? They said they didn't know how to bunt. Oh yeah, that was Dom Smith, mm. right? Like, come on, man. Like,
3: uh, what? Yeah, all right. So, again, you know, the Yankees still very much obviously in the picture. They get a win like they're supposed – again, they're supposed to get these wins. They do. Got to beat the Rangers. That's what you're supposed to do. And then, of course, uh, you have the – you know, uh, it's it's the Blue Jays, the Red Sox. These are teams you, you need to beat. Now it's not, you know, should. Need to beat. They're still a half game out. Like you need to beat these teams if you're going to be a playoff team. So all eyes on the Yankees now, how they finish out this season. But the Mets, as you heard Alonso say, they pretty much know it's over. And as I mentioned before many times, the next most important thing for the Mets is what they do in the off season, is what Steve Cohen decides to do with all his riches. But you don't have any type of of salary control over how you want to spend to get your your hierarchy, your front office, your manager, all that that whole area of the business. You can spend all you want. Get the best. That is what – you want to set a tone? You want your players to understand just how serious you are about winning? That's what you do. You get the best. See what he does in the offseason. We'll get to the Giants and the Jets as well. But we had this conversation coming out of the last hour that I just feel like is something that a lot of people – uh, we're hot on and have been hot on today, and it's in the NBA. The NBA tr- uh, training camps open up next week, believe it or not, Bart. That's crazy. And, and as you know, as we mentioned, and we knew this yesterday, Woe's reporting that Ben Simmons wants out. He's just do- wants out of Philly, does not want to play for the Sixers. In fact, according to the reporting, he has told them he has zero intention to play for them ever again. So with that in mind, where is the best place for him to go? Who? Where does he fit the best? It's the hardest thing to do is find in this league a fit for a player as unique as he is. I still, I think he still think he's a great player. I don't think he's a scrub. Our last memory of him is a guy that just looked like he was not ready for the moment. His confidence was shot. Couldn't make a shot. Didn't want to even you know make a layup. Because he couldn't, yeah. like you could just tell. But what is he? He was not. That's the problem. The problem is we don't know what
0: he is, right? Well, he, I think he's, he's been a, used as a point guard, but he's is a he playing out, but it, defensive player? Is he playing out of position, right? Like we, I forgot who we talked to. Was that Jay Will that said maybe he's better suited as a center, like how guys can can play center in his league now? dude's six, six ten. He's six ten. Uh, he's not barely six ten. Okay, well, six ten, right? In this league, you know that's 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 a center. You know, somebody that can come over, pick and roll, somebody that can be uh, defend multiple positions. I mean, hell, Draymond Green is the center for 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 the Golden State Warriors. Sometimes they've
3: used him there, yeah. And then Dray- Draymond is is so I, I just think he's a I think he's a better. I mean, it's weird. It's weird, Draymond. right?
0: It's weird though, right? Because he's the same height as as or we think or reportedly he's the same height as Anthony Davis, right? And Anthony Davis hates playing playing the center but position. He's going
3: to actually, AD's going to play center for the Lakers at times this season. In fact, probably a lot. If you look at that roster and right. the way they need to play, he's going to have to do it. But so maybe, maybe. With that Vince in mind, though, you know, again, you look at a player like this. It seems like every year in the NBA, somebody like this is available, right? Mm-hmm. So with that in mind. Nobody ever goes to the Knicks. Okay, well, you want me to tell you why? Every year somebody's available. You want me to tell you why he would not be a, a Knicks player or not somebody that the Knicks would target? Why? Well, I'll tell you first why the Knicks wouldn't be a place that he would go to. He's represented by a Clutch. That's Rich Paul. nerlands Noel is on the Knicks right now, right? You know what nerlands Noel is in the midst of. A lawsuit. A lawsuit with Clutch and Rich Paul about he's claiming mismanagement that awesome. he cost him millions money. Yeah. when he told him not to sign an extension that Dallas was offering to him because he could get more in the open market. So he leaves his original agent, signs with Rich Paul, and then... He claims that Rich Paul did not has not taken did not take care of him, and actually didn't point out that there were teams that were interested in signing him. And he ended up taking like a one year, and he you know got hurt. Well, like, actually no, he he bet on himself to go to free agency, got hurt, then had to take a one year, and on the Knicks, like he's still like a one year. He had he's had he's a good player, not a great player, obviously, but he left money on the table. So, I don't think there's a relationship there at all, Bart. But then, I'm just going to leave it there. Okay. So anybody that's like, well, why don't you know why do the Knicks trade for him? I don't see a relationship there. I just don't. I don't see. like, yeah. Do the Knicks have even things that the Sixers yeah. would want? Yeah, and that's all the Knicks need is somebody who can't shoot that plays defense. Like, come well, on, you can't uh, win. You, I can't win. Think, you, you can't win. You can't win. Eighty two nothing. Would love a versatile defender like Ben Simmons. They would find a way. I'm just telling you that because of. Representation Give up R.J. Barrett. I don't see... Uh, no, no, no. The Sixers want a starting quality a point. A star, point. yeah, because they want to win yeah, now. But, but I'm telling you, I don't see a relationship. So let's just put that to rest. I don't see a relationship there. I don't see a conversation there. I don't see anything happening there. But what about something that Stephen A. brought up? And that involves Brooklyn. And man, he said this on First Take this morning. We played it earlier in the show. I want to bring it back. Stephen A. said this because it's really intriguing. But of course... There's one major player in the way. Listen to his take.
0: Kyrie could have ended up in Philly. Sean Marks couldn't do that because KD wasn't having it. KD wasn't happening. KD, like, Kyrie Everett ain't going no damn place. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you something right now. Philadelphia might have said no, but I assure you, I assure you, if it were not for Kevin Durant, the Brooklyn Nets would be interested in making that deal. Because let's call it what it is. Kendrick Brookers, I'll say it right here on national television. If Ben Simmons was in Brooklyn with KD and James Harden, it's a wrap. They in the chip. I still think they in the chip anyway, but they damn sure win the chip. Even without Kyrie, if you got James Harden, KD, and Ben Simmons, because you got somebody that was an elite defense. But they're going to win with Kyrie, too, because we know Kyrie's whole world. But Brooklyn would do that if KD would let him. KD ain't having that.
3: How interesting is that? Stephen A. is saying that Brooklyn would do that, would move on from Kyrie Irving to get Ben Simmons. <laughs> Sean Marks is from where? Spurs? Australia. Oh. <laughs> like the fact that they would make that move – just, I actually think Kyrie would be a great fit with with Embiid, but again, right now you got face KD is like, no, no, no. I came here because of this dude, and I'm not going to be like, I'm not going to allow you to trade this guy away. And now that creates an issue between my relationship with Kyrie. Like, I'm not letting that happen. And we just saw that with one KD, they they almost
0: went to the championship. They almost beat the the eventual champs. One toe away, right? With one on, toe, moving on now. If, if everything like that happens again, let's just say KD gets injured again, right? I, know, I think they'll miss they'll miss Green because I think I love what Green brought—the versatility, defensively scoring, still play above the air. I don't know if Aldridge can fill those shoes, mm-hmm. but I tell you what, man, if if the same thing, let's say the same scenario happens this year to happen last year, but I man, think Brooklyn went. I'm saying everybody get hurt harder, and Kyrie's not available. I think with Kevin Durant and Patty Mills, that's enough. Because that's what they were missing—that that that spark, that guy that's, that's big time. That's and Patty Mills is big time. So if that's the case, why trade Kyrie and why help Philly? Because now you have well, to face tra- here, Joel here. and B. You give Joel and B. the perfect thing that he needs—a pick and roll type of guy that can shoot and create and facilitate. Now you might say thing hey, make you laugh, make you cry. You might have to face that team and you might lose to that team.
3: Here's why. Here's why you do it. You have for the last. Let's see, let's see, four seasons. Kyrie has played 60 games, 67 games, 20 games, and 54 games. hmm I mean, you know, it's just a reality with him. Is he's that not when, a very doable person. he plays, he's phenomenal. But he, it's the when he plays is the biggest question. So if you're the Nets, you want, you know, you need that stability. I mean, Durant showed you by the end of last season, he was 100% back, if not a little bit even better if that's possible, yeah. than he was before the injury, which is unheard of with an injury like that, right? Unheard of. James Harden, once he got himself into playing shape, before, of course, the hamstring stuff. Now, now I think all that stuff is going to be behind him eventually. I don't. I actually think, if I'm not mistaken, he recently told people he's still rehabbing the hamstring. Yeah. But he's when, still, when, when you heard of hamstring, I think It is, takes a while, right? Yeah. But when he's – like, again, if you got him healthy, you got healthy KD now who's off of that year. those two alone are good enough to win you a championship. You add a defensive player, virtual one like Ben Simmons, it could change the look and a guy that – again, in yeah. Ben Simmons, that, you know, availability. Yeah. Because they, so, don't,
0: they don't have a stopper. They don't have a guy, a defensive guy, that's going to shut down the opposing team. They can, they're going to outscore you. And a guy like Ben Simmons will provide something different. Like you said, they don't need offense. But I just don't see if you send them to the Sixers, that, that enhances the
3: Sixers and make the Sixers way more better than, than what you have yeah, to do with. but again, because of Embiid and his health as well, you wonder how much stability you can have. But, I mean, that's us making these comments about the Sixers and Ben Simmons and what they think. And we got calls from a lot of people around the country in the last two hours about what they think of Ben Simmons. But I felt like we had to go to somebody in-house. Andrew Gunling, who has been the producer of The Michael K. Show, is a well-known Sixers fan, hardcore Sixers fan. And I thought, we need to ask him what he thinks about this whole situation with the Sixers, with Simmons, and how he feels about Ben Simmons at this point. Andrew, how are you?
2: What's up, man? How you doing?
3: So I, I just tell me out of the gate, because we've had people go from one extreme to another. Some people say he's a really good player, but not a great player. We've had people say he's a scrub. Where do you, after, after what is it now, five years that you've watched Ben Simmons play basketball? Uh, where where do you what kind of player is he in your eyes as a sixers fan, and how do you feel about him right now
2: so okay, so he is definitively not a scrub like whoever says that <laughs> that that is an an over exaggeration significantly yeah. right what he is though to me, like the sixers are a team that believe you know they're the one seed they believe that they are ready to contend for a title right now mm-hmm. if he's the second best player on your team, then you're not actually a title contender you could be a you could be fine. You could be a good team, but I think he showed himself as a player who's not willing to embrace big moments in the second round last year against the Hawks. And we've seen it even in flashes in previous postseasons, but it wasn't quite as magnified as it was this year because, like I said, they were a one seed that thought they could win a title. So that guy can't be the number two on a legitimate title contender, in my opinion.
3: Wow. Now, you're you're not buying into how – he lost Brett Brown, and he was not the same player. That's that's all I saw last year. He lost Brett Brown, was not the same player, and never, ever felt like he had that same support system that he needs to have because he mentally was shot by the end of the season, and that's got to be what's behind him wanting to be out of there, is that he just feels like this isn't the right place for me. I got to get out of here.
2: Yeah, yeah, I mean, I really think that's some of it, and I really believe, you know, look, I, as a Sixer fan, I want him gone. I would love for a trade to happen. I don't think I think they've gone as far as they can go with him being one of the centerpieces of their team. Um, but there is there is part of me that can see, you know, this was the lowest moment of his professional career, what happened in, in Absolutely. that series versus the Hawks and specifically what happened in game seven, refusing mm-hmm. the dunk. So in the lowest moment of your pro career, right after that, he was, like, I love Embiid. I think Doug Rivers did a fine job, but... They did kind of throw him under the bus with yep. comments that they made after the game. Mm-hmm. So you know, I, I wish that Ben Simmons had a different attitude of kind of wanting to like embrace this challenge and prove to these people that he really can be the player that that he thinks he is, as opposed to having this kind of okay, then I'm out of here. Like just kind of I'm going to bolt the second that adversity hits. I wish he I wish he approached it differently. But there is part of me that can see, okay, Joel Embiid, you think I'm the reason we lost Game 7? Doc Rivers, you don't think that, you know, you're going to say publicly that we can't win a title with me as your point guard? Then then I'm gone. Then I'm not going to play. I don't want to play for you And anymore. you're
3: not going to lose any sleep over this as a Sixers fan? You're you're fine. So the process that, that yielded Embiid and Simmons now will end up just being Embiid?
2: Well, we don't know that yet. I mean, you know... Two years ago, we thought the process would have just yielded this disaster of a roster that was saddled with Al Horford. And, you know, so I believe that anyone is tradable. I believe in Daryl Morey as a as a really high-level general manager. And so if I were the Sixers, Ben Simmons' refusal to show up for training camp would change my approach with him zero. Not at all. I would say, fine, you don't want to show up. We're going to let you sit. You're going to miss a prime year of your career. You will sit here quietly and we will search for trade partners, and because because the Sixers probably even if they even if they don't believe it, they still are going to say that they're they believe with Embiid on this team. And Doc Rivers is their coach. They can still contend. And Tobias Harris is a good wing. You know, We can still be a title contender. You may not believe that to be true, but that's what they think. And so trading Ben Simmons right now for what? What would you say his trade value is, Alan? An eighth man and a second-round pick? That's the problem. So they, you can't so that, trade him for that. Right. You, have to, you exactly. have to get a point guard. Exactly. So trading Ben Simmons right now for that, it doesn't help you at all. So they're served just as well to let him sit, wait for a star or a relative star, a good player on another team that could help the Sixers, wait for that guy to become disgruntled and then make your move i would just let him sit because like i said getting an eighth man in a second round pick it doesn't help a team like the sixers that thinks they can be a top three seed in the east
3: would you take cj mccollum
2: if you had asked me that a month two months ago i would have said now nah, let's wait and see now yeah i think i think i would again mm. and harris mccollum seth curry that's not i mean obviously that's not better than brooklyn but at this point what he, there's not I mean Brooklyn has Durant, Kyrie and Harden. Like there's nothing you can get at this point that's really going to get you to a level of the, that Brooklyn is at. So yeah, it's McCollum, amazing. Tobias and Embiid, it's not, you know, it's not what I would have preferred, but right. it's still a it's a good team that can maybe be a, a top 3 4 seed in the Eastern Conference if Embiid is healthy.
3: You know what, honestly, Andrew, since the Super Bowl, what has happened in Philly? <laughs> And you get Bryce Harper, you think some, something great's gonna happen there. You got you got this Sixers story, that was such a good story two years ago with the process. Now it's God really, hates me. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, yeah. man. Good to talk to you. You bet. Thanks, all man. All right. Andrew Gunling again, the Michael K show producer, and he is a diehard Philly fan. And I just had to I had to hear it from an actual Sixers fan. We hear it from all people around the country. And everybody has their kind of parachute takes on a player. But he just said it. he's not going to lose any sleep over like trading this guy. He's just, what are you going to get? And he'd rather see them hold out. Yes, 800-919-3776 is the number. Chris is in Queens. What's up, Chris? Chris, Chris, Chris draw is Lee from Long Island there? Lee. Oh, hello. Yeah, Lee.
4: How you doing? What's up, Bart? What's up, Alan? What's what up? up? How you guys doing?
0: Maintaining, maintaining Just what you got here for us? on the air
3: waiting to talk to you. Um
4: I was thinking about what do you guys think about Brandon Ingram? Um he'd be perfect, uh you know, the o- New Orleans, they're desperate to bring somebody in, and I think Ben Simmons would do really well with um with, with Zion, Zion Williams.
3: All right, let me ask you this, Lee. Yeah. Zion's weaknesses are what? And
4: then, and then Z- you could throw in Kyra Lewis. A hang, point on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on.
3: Zion's weaknesses are what? You can't shoot. Can't shoot from the outside. Can't shoot free throws. Does that sound familiar? You got Well, I'm just saying that. that sound familiar, right? Thanks for the call. See, the problem with that, and, and I, I thought the same thing. Like, boy, Ingram would be a nice. Yeah, we talked. Yeah, hit. we talked about it. Yeah, but yeah. as you look at it, if you're, if you if you're New Orleans, well, now I got two guys that can't shoot free throws and really aren't perimeter threats. What would? You, how would you defend? The Pelicans would be too easy. Yeah. They'd have to run every they'd have to run on everything. <laughs> like constantly have to
0: run. Zion ain't the person you want
3: to keep ready, man. Well, yeah, well, you do want him out in space because he's so dynamic. Yeah. But no, no it's just as much as that sounds interesting, put those two together because Ben is a playmaker, you just sit in a, you just pack it in on both those guys. Like it'd just be too easy to defend. Yeah, so, go got and get some more shooters, man. Anyways, I, it, it, this, this is so, because I don't ben see Samus, where the guy fits. Yeah, because he's so unique. But to mess that team up works for the Nets, works for the Knicks. To the fact that the Sixers have this drama, it's benefit to both Brooklyn and the Knicks. 100 yeah, percent If it. you're a Nets fan, you love this. Let's all right. One more team out of our way. So power rank them then. Power rank what? If they, with this whole Ben Simmons saga, like what, what,
0: what is the fix the, well, the Sixers Bucks fall? I
3: still, uh, still the Bucks won a championship. They the Nets are the favorite so team. So Nets and, Bucks. I would put I, I mean, Milwaukee has to very much be. Then Miami's very yeah, much third, into what yeah, they did. Yeah, they can real, stay healthy, yeah. right? Boston will be better just because they got some yeah. of their drama out of the way. But I do have question marks about them. They don't have a point guard. Where no, they? Really? Yeah. yeah, they don't really have a point guard. So so they have their issues. But you know the the Nets. It's like it's like the Nets so and the Hawks, and then like. The 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 second, even the Bucks were coming off a title. I wouldn't put them yeah. like there's a there's an arm's length between the Nets and anyone else in the East right now. I'm just trying to get you to That's say. I'm just trying to get you to say that like the Knicks are like seven. Yeah,
0: I would put the Knicks about seven. Yeah, because they have. If Kemba can stay healthy, well, maybe that changes. Gift.
3: Yeah, you know, I mean, you also have Mitchell to Robinson defense. is going to be sixty pounds heavier. I, the reports he put sixty well, actually, pounds I'm, of muscle on. I'm hearing You're excited. Good to see that? I'm hearing good things about Mitch. Man, can he shoot? I'm hearing good things. It's not about that. Yeah, I'm hearing like this guy is sixty not only pounds heavier, getting healthier, and like as far as you know his injury and, and being ready to play. But it's more importantly that his mind's right mm. about what he wants to be in the league. And all that three-point shooting stuff you saw last year, that's out. That's suddenly not as big of a deal as we thought it was. How does Noel well, – how, right. how does how, – Is this going to be a real battle? Is it going to be a real battle? Oh, Noel and, and Mitch? Uh, Mitch is your starting center. When he's 100% healthy, he's okay. your starting center. Right. I'll say this. If Mitchell Robinson was healthy in the playoffs, the Knicks would have beaten the Hawks. Nah. Yeah, I said it. No matter what Julius Randle did or didn't do in that series – the difference was Capella dominated. This is ninety eight point seven ESPN. So we have this gong in the studio. We use it sparingly. We don't want to overuse it, but there is something soothing about it. you know like you just like it,
0: like it just. <laughs>
3: sanchez
0: and glaber torres um um, um.
3: release the kraken no, really we really mean release him (laughs) (laughs) oh man we're so stupid um before we get back to the calls let's discuss something so the giants are one by the way one of six if i have that right six yeah yeah. seven no seven seven where did the other one come from yeah, seven. Seven teams that have an and 2 start. So the Giants, the Colts, the Vikings, the Lyon, you know, Daytona Lyon, yep. Jacksonville, of course the Jets, and uh, the Falcons, all right? all 0-2. I'm right, right? Yeah, you're right. I thought I put this together correctly. So when you see where they are and they play, the Falcons, and it's so funny when you look at like, all right, easiest teams left.
0: Easiest schedules
3: left. Atlanta, Atlanta... <laughs> Atlanta has a five hundred record. Now again, we're only two weeks in, so it's hard to really do strength the schedule. But Atlanta, when you list the teams that Atlanta has on their schedule that are beatable, the Giants come up. When you list the teams that the Giants have on their schedule beatable, the Falcons come up. Like it's <laughs> funny how that works. So, anyways, like it it I look at this as a critical game on many levels. Of course it's not must win, and in a seventeen week, in it's 17-game season like we have now. Remember, 0-3 in a 16-game season used to be the death knell, right? 0-3, you just almost something never like 12% or something yeah. like that. But now that you have that extra game, I wonder if 0-3 has that same impact as it had. But this is really more for the Giants about a game they should have won. In fact, they kind of won it, and then there was a penalty, and then they lost it. And there's that ugly feeling, that, that, that bad taste in your mouth that we talked with Sterling Shepard about yesterday that carries over... Because you had the long week, because you played Thursday and then sat through Sunday and Monday, and now you've got this week before you get to get back on the field and play again. So we talked with Sterling Shepard yesterday, and you know Shep was interesting when he talked about the team's confidence at 0-2, two yes. weeks into what is a little bit longer of a season than usual.
4: No, not at all. You look at those games, and uh, we're right in them. And I think we're really close as a team. We just got to hone in on some of the small details. I mean, that's what this game really comes down to. Everybody's talented in this league. It's going to come down to the small things, and that's what we have to take care of in order to get those close calls and those those W's at the end of the day.
3: Now, Shepard, again, you know, this is an important game this week. He has played great for the first two weeks. He's been really good offensively as, as really one of the main targets for Daniel Jones. But confidence can't be shook, but you know for sure there's a, a crisis in confidence right now in that, in that franchise when you're looking around at that team and they still haven't really shown you yet
0: <laughs> they better the get defense
3: we thought they'd be. Yo, and, yes, they better, better get yo, this one. Right?
0: Yo, yo, do you see what's coming down the, the, the pike
3: after this one? But before you tell me what's coming down the pike, I want to tell you that Sterling Shepard was with us yesterday thanks to Tide. Football season's here. And to kick things off, Tide and the NFL have joined forces to inspire more than 80 million Households of NFL fans to hashtag turn to cold in an effort to dramatically reduce greenhouse gas emissions and help consumers save money while also providing a great clean. Committed NFL teams include the Giants, who are supporting uh, various ways by washing in cold, taking to social, and participating in the Tide Cold Washer sweepstakes in an effort to rally more fans to help the environment. So Sterling Shepherd's one of the voices of Tide Cold Washer. The first ever talking washing machine that reminds consumers to wash in cold. Yeah, a limited edition NFL team branded series that customized with fan favorites, players' voices from 10 teams, which are being offered to fans through a sweepstakes through October 5th on Tide.com. All right, so Yo, with that in mind, what do the Giants have This is this
0: is, the worst, this is a must win. Like when I say must win, there's no must wins in week After three. After this game, what do they got? It's not even funny, man. Like what did the NFL? What did the Giants do to the NFL, man? The early the early schedule was going to be tough. They no. got they got New Orleans. Like their
3: whole schedule's well, tough. New Orleans now, I changed my opinion on them no, depending on what don't. we see this
0: week. Yeah, don't, yeah okay. Oh, come on now. Okay, yeah.
3: Cuz no. last week that was kind of ugly. No was that coaches. more about Carolina's defense or was that more think, of what really I think to expect?
0: I think it was about the eight eight assistant coaches that you oh, had or to the play COVID with because of COVID. The okay. And them being in – they don't know where the hell to be. Like are they we, I don't even know where they live living at right yeah, now. Yeah, they had a fire. And, at the and then they the got Superdome. a fire at the Superdome
3: the mm. other day. Actually, so. that game is supposed to be at the Superdome against the Giants, but we don't know if it will be because of the damage that was might there. Might be might be in Jacksonville, might be in Jacksonville oh, again, God. and please don't oh, you don't want it. if you're
0: if a team you like yo I ain't going to Jacksonville. Nobody's going no. out. We are going to Tennessee. Yeah, go ahead. After that. So you got the Cowboys, you got the you got the Rams. You got Carolina, who suddenly looks that like – defense looks at, good. That front and a, four. And that yeah. offense looks pretty good because Sam Darnold ain't turned the ball Easy. over. He's super efficient. Too soon. Way too Then soon. you got Kansas City. Yeah. And then when you first saw this game on on, on the schedule initially, you're like, eh, okay. But it's not that bad. You got the Raiders. Raiders. Then, okay, Talk you got – about front four, by but, the way. But then it's crazy. You got your bot, right? Oh, feeling all good about your bot. Yeah. And you come back and you got the champs. You got Tampa. Like, yo, one – by week 10, it could be a wrap. It could be, Bro, if yeah. they don't win this week, it could be... Yo. I'm with you, man. Listen. All right. Before Thanksgiving, the season could be over. Like, so all, right, all these thinking, little things you better listen, pick up,
3: all these little things you need to pick up and clean up, you better clean them up real quick. Well, you've had 10 days to clean it up. So get clean and use cold water while you do it. Famous and some club. time. And some Famous time. Uh, you are, you're being Mr. Negative. Patton Hempstead... He sees it a different way, Pat. Oh, Pat is gone. That's a yeah, shit. He, he heard what I said Pat about the schedule. Pat's on the he Pat's on a, schedule. He heard the schedule. Like, what? Oh, man. hell no, Pat. Cancer, cancel Christmas. Ah, uh, it's a shame. All right, let's uh, let's go let's go back to the calls though. Let's go with Danny. Danny, what's going on, man? Centerport. Hey guys, how we
1: doing? Good. Y- you know, guys. Y- y- <laughs> you know, I'm a loyal listener all the time in the morning and the afternoon as much as I can. And now, you know, I'm a, I'm a I'm a degenerate Jet fan. I really am. I, you know, I live and breathe and die with this. And die with this team. My, my Mondays and my weeks go by how my Sundays went. So, you know, I, I got a little bit of an issue, but, you know, it, it's my passion. You know what I mean? I've been doing it since I'm a young kid, a uh, season kick at all. To hear people talking and bashing, you know, this team at all at this point and, and where we're headed and what we're doing, it's just absolutely insane. I just can't believe we have a first time everything right now. We have a first time head coach, a first time quarterback, first time running backs, first timeline. A guy's gonna win this game for one minute and, and 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 at least show it a little bit of heart. How anybody could be negative at this point is just mind blowing to me. Well, I mean we have never a coach that's like, never like, coached before. Well, Not offensive your coordinator never called plays before. Lyman that never never well, blinded I'm gonna
3: answer it for you. I'm gonna answer for you. I, I, your passion's always over the uh, off the charts and I love it Danny and thank you. And thanks for the call as always. But uh, I'll, I'll answer all that for you because I simply did this, Bart, yesterday on social media. Or it was yesterday, whatever it was, is I let people know, like, I'm not – look, you want to you want to boo the team? You want to boo the kid, Zach Wilson? Absolutely. We're fans. This is what we do, right? You're mad. You just don't like what you're looking at. You're frustrated. Like, looking at – it's the Pats. I mean, of all people, like, I got to see Bill Belichick and that smirk on his face because he knows he got another one. That's great. But then you're seeing Tua is out with the rib injury with the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know this Bart. you saw that defense looked pretty good other than the one run. That defense looked good. Like the Patriots aren't world beaters yet. Not at all. Right? And so it's like, damn, like that's so close. So that part is the frustrating part. But then when you take that day, you get into the night, you take a nap, you wake up, you wake up and you just say to yourself, aerial view. It's so early. Like, it's the youngest team in the league. This kid's got to go through the growing pains. You understand what's going on here. And if you just understand it, I always say, you could boo this team. Yeah. But to give up on them, to say, I, I'm no longer going to be patient with this process that Joe Douglas has laid out because now I'm seeing these charts of the 2020 draft, boy, that looks terrible. And this looks ter- like, what? Like, I'm telling you, you can't, like, I'm saying, don't be impatient. But you can be frustrated. Yeah. But the response I get, I've been a fan for 50 years and I've been patient long enough. Like you hear that all the time. Yeah. I've been a fan for 45 years and I've been patient long enough. How long do I have to wait? And
1: I understand that Fair sentiment. Point. I've been a Yankee fan since
3: 1949. Well, you've seen plenty of winning, though, So enough, enough. You've seen plenty of winning. But when it comes to the, I get that you're impatient with the franchise. That's fine because we're all impatient. Yeah. But to be to say, I'm forget it. This isn't going to work. I I'm not. I'm no longer patient. Come on, man. Like it's yeah, just, yeah. it's a new regime, yeah, man. Yeah, it's a yeah. new. It's a young team. It's a new quarterback. I mean,
0: here's a here's a problem, right? And this is where I think some of the frustration comes in because you had it was split down the middle, right? Do we go get Zach Wilson? I know. Do we build around Sam Darnold. Right. Right. And so the decision was made to reset the clock because you didn't want to have to make a decision on Sam Darnold this year. Mm -hmm. Now, I I argue argue to say if Sam Darnold was here with the weapons that you put around him, would he look more like – would he look as good? Because you can look at the offensive line for Carolina. It's not that good. Now, nobody has Christian McCaffrey, but you can say that Davis – and Crowder. I'm so, dude, and jury's Moore. out on Davis
3: right now for me. Make a catch, please. Well,
0: yeah, yeah, but he he's... Can't you know, all be on the kid. He almost had 1,000 yards last year. I don't know. Right?
3: I'm not saying he's not good. There's a yeah, the reason why you signed him. But can you make... Can you no. high point one? Can you make a catch? Yeah. Like, make a play for your, like for your quarterback. Not, not let it go through your hands.
0: Yeah. He made two last week because he had two touchdowns. So, But what I'm saying is, what people are he's saying wide is... open on one. What, 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 what people are saying is, man, what would this team had it been like... If you put these same position players around him, I understand. and you would have had two more first round draft picks, and you would have been able to get Sam more help, what would this team look like? Because we see Sam, and Sam looks like comeback player of the year, even though he wasn't even injured. He's just coming back from the black hole, <laughs> which was back the Jets. From playing for the right. Jets. <laughs> exactly. He looks like the comeback player of the year. Oh and, my God. and you
3: can write it down. He'll be 3 and 0. And then the conversation will persist. Oh, no, it's not going away. But you knew this was coming. Look, Robert Sala made it clear, I think he did make it clear to a lot of people, that he was fine going forward with Sam Darnold. He was fine. Bring me in, you want to stick with Sam, stick with Sam. It's Joe Douglas and and all his scouts that watch Zach Wilson enough to think, uh, this kid might be special. And if you think, well, they're wrong, remember, and and go to the thread that I put before the season started. Go back a couple of weeks, check my Twitter, I did a long thread, And I went through all the experts, all the people that you would say know a lot more than, not maybe Bart, but me and you listening. And everyone to a man said, this kid's got special talent, special arm, special potential, all that stuff. No one said he was going to take the league by storm right away. They just said, boy, there's something special with this kid. And in fact, even after an embarrassing performance against the Patriots, I still am finding people. That watched him and say things like, yeah, footwork, though. Yeah, but I know what he was looking at. I saw what he was trying to do. Mm-hmm. It's just too much too soon. All that stuff was still being said by him. There's no one that's saying, nah, this kid sucks. Bust. What were they thinking? No one. Yeah, nobody Everyone that. still thinks he's going to be special. So can we give it more than two weeks? Yeah. That's all I'm saying. And yeah. that's what Danny was saying. That's all I'm saying. Jason's in Fairfield. Go ahead, Jason.
4: Hey, I appreciate it, Alan uh, and uh, Bartman. I, I just think you guys are great, and I uh, love watching uh, MSG, two. So, um, you know, I, I think people are frustrated, too, because, you know, the Jets franchise, like, certain franchises are just not good. I mean, so here we are again, every single year. It's always rebuilding, rebuilding, and I think people are frustrated. Mm-hmm. Like, certain franchises, like the like the Lions or the, or the Jets, or, it's just... Constant, and then you have Sam Donald, who I thought was a decent quarterback, go to a different
3: team. Now he's two and zero,
4: and right. so now we're back to the same old thing.
3: Yeah, that's if why I said I the, frustration the frustration part. part. Yeah, the, the, that, that's what I'm saying here, uh, and, and that literally. I
4: think one thing, one thing I wanted to ask since I have ahead. you on the phone, Bart, you worked for the Jets. You have special insight as to what makes because you worked for a, a franchise that was really successful, and you worked for the Jets for the Jets, so I'm not so sure. So what makes it work and what makes it not? And I'll hang up and I want to listen
3: to you guys. All right, thanks, Jason. Well, the, but yeah, it's true. You were there yeah. with Ozzy. I mean, uh-huh. you're there, you, you know, yeah. you understand with yeah. Baltimore and you talked yeah. about DNA yeah. the other day. So you get that and then you came to the Jets and you've seen how things operate there. What is the difference between the two of the franchises?
0: No patience. It's like everything in New York has to be microwavable. And if you continue to always change things, then you'll never be able to establish that culture because you don't have like when I go, I can go back to the Ravens, like I always do. I can go back to the Ravens facility right now. I guarantee you right now, Manny's in there cooking omelets. Okay. I go there and I go up there and I guarantee you Valerie's sitting right there at the secretary desk. Dick Cass is sitting there. Everybody, nothing ever changes. They say these are our guys, we're gonna make it work. Same with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm-hmm. Same coaches. Like, did Bill Coward not struggle? This is a trust
3: and a belief in what they do. Right. In their
0: way. And what, It'll that, work. what that does is it builds a culture and it's consistency. And the players come in there, and they understand what's asked of them. They understand, listen, they'll give you one or two chances to prove that you can do it. If you can't do it, then you can't play in this league. We'll get
3: rid of you. Here, man,
0: like, I, listen, I go there. I, I'm like, who's this? I, I like.
3: I, always turn it It's always over. somebody different in there. Can I, mean, I also say, though, that Baltimore. Even though it's, it's so it was an
0: expansion team. You no, know, I
3: know what, but, but but in Baltimore, it's a little bit different when it comes to intensity. Here, I just feel like people succumb to the intensity because it's New York. It's just overwhelming, almost exhausting, and that's I do think there is that added element to it here in New York that for the for many years the Giants didn't succumb to it. And then I give I think Tom Coughlin deserves all the credit in the world for being able to kind of. You know, drag this team through that, even though between the Super Bowls, they weren't great, but they were still they were a competitive team for many years. That is gone now since he has left. Gone. Right. And so that's I do think that the very top leadership is the most important thing you have. And consistency, Bart, what you pointed out. Yeah, that's the hardest thing for anyone. Maybe that's why Brian Cashman stays there, because the Yankees say, well, one thing we know is we've been consistent. This guy has done it, and we know that. And hopefully, it'll work out. But every other franchise has been a lot of turnover. This is ninety-eight point seven ESPN. It's uncomfortably warm in here again. But I do that just like, on bro, the way out. It's just, it's like you go to extremes in this place. You're like, you, you're like, are you going through menopause? I mean, just I'm getting like <laughs> the heat flashes, hot flashes, and it gets cold again. And, come on, man. I just need something in between. It is uncomfortable right now. In um, phrasing. Leave it right there. It is uncomfortable right now. In you street. want pancakes?
0: <laughs> just give me something like in between, but it is like, it goes from a stream, It goes cold to hot. It's yeah, no there warm. Is,
3: right? There's either freezing or flamethrower. Exactly. Like that's the only settings. It's not like really a flame. thermostat.
0: Exactly. Fire flames. So I'm
3: trying to find a balance, man. Damn. I just hope, uh, I don't know. what It was humid when I came uh, in. I hope How's you the weather outside?
0: I just hope you ain't use the crystal. You know what I mean? Crystal deodorant run out with the heat, man. You know, you use the crystal, man. I hope you got some... You ain't use no toms or nothing like that. N- N- always double up, man.
3: Always <laughs> double up. Raising. 800 is the number. Let's go back to the calls as we go around the horn here. Let's go with... Um, hmm. Let's see. Uh, Austin's in Jersey City. Austin. Hey, gentlemen. How
4: are you, tonight? What's up? This afternoon, brother. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah, I had to ice down. I had to start icing down my phone there for a moment or two after that talk. But anyway,
1: hmm.
4: um, yeah, the, you know the thing. Bart makes a great point regarding the. Um the Jets necessitating patience, and they don't have patience. But here's a kind of a circular catch-22 problem. Patience only works when you're making a series of good decisions to begin with because you can wait all day long on, on a bunch of non-optimal, not necessarily bad decisions. They're not going to become right just because you give them time. So it's got to be some combination of good decision-making meeting patience. Yeah, and, you know, that, that's, you want that's all- where you have to get this together.
3: It's a good point, Austin. Thanks for the call. What you're saying is give me some tangible evidence that you know what you're doing. It doesn't have to immediately lead to winning, but let me see it. And when you, you know, most of your 2020 draft is not available to you right now, that. That does raise some eyebrows. But I, I think how much, Joe has made yeah. some good moves, though. Yeah,
0: and I wonder how many of those are because they got a new coach and a new coach had a different system, and, and, and those players well, didn't fit to, what yeah, they wanted to do. I, I do so th- that, that can mean the 2020 draft, because when Rex got here, he got rid of a- e- Ebra, uh, Elam and he got rid of a
3: couple of guys that he traded
0: to Cleveland yeah. because of that.
3: I think, that's, I think that's also fair to throw that out there. There's no doubt. Uh, let's go to Mike in Belmont, Mike.
4: Hey, what's going on, guys? How are you doing? What's up? I, uh, I was just saying, I wanted to know what you guys thought about maybe Ben Simmons being traded to the g Rockets for John Wall.
3: Yeah, see, I don't why like I that keep, for the Sixers, man. I just they, don't.
0: Yeah, why would they want a broken-down player that came off of a, a, a gruesome injury that cost $40 million? He cost more than Ben Simmons.
3: I just don't know if John Wall's at that place, and his contract's off the charts bad. Like, it's just not a contract you want for a guy that you're not sure is going to be available to you for the majority of your games. And on top of it, you know, can he play at a high level anymore, Mike? Thanks for the call. I, I just I don't like that. I've seen that rumor out there. And it just if you're the Rockets, of course you'd love to do it. From a Sixers standpoint, Andrew Gunley probably right now is throwing up in the studio just hearing that. Marquise in Long Island. Marquise.
1: Hey, how's it going, guys? Big fan of the show. Thank you. Um, I was just making a point that um, I think that the the Kyrie for bench symmetry could happen just because of the whole uh, report that came out today saying that the Nets weren't up to date with the vaccine. And knowing what Kyrie stands for, sometimes I think we, that could be a problem for him. And um, stay, staying close to home, you know, and just getting out in New York because of the mandate, he would have to get the vaccine to play in the bar. At, at home,
3: yeah, that that is a big part of this, Marquise. That I, I do think if you're the Nets, he, he did you, make those comments you, the other week though about the vaccine.
0: Remember, Kyrie telling me he's free. No, no, no that, uh, that he mass. Said, thing. He said no mass thing. Yeah,
3: but that mass thing had nothing. He said it had nothing to do with oh. with with that. He said it was something else completely. But you know, it's interesting what he brought up, though. There is that rule. as an indoor facility. Like, the Knicks have to worry about this, too, with their players. Yeah. You cannot play. can't play in a home game. So that's half your season. <laughs> and and I mean, if you're the Nets, you can't afford to not have Kyrie for half the season. Although, of course, well, you violate, Yeah, he <laughs> doesn't play all the games anyway. But, but you're violating your contract if, you, if you're if you not doing that. you got
0: to do what you have to do to be able to play the game. And if you can't do that, we can't come to terms. There's
3: a bigger part of that story, isn't there? I mean, yeah. that's something that you really can't ignore. And they really don't have much time left to figure that part out. I don't understand that rule. I still don't get that rule. Why a visiting team is okay? But yeah, for they're you, okay. Like, like it just that that part just doesn't. It should make be sense for everybody. But then that would
0: mean the whole NBA would have to get vaccinated. So then you can if, have if no season. If you're Joe, you you're, you can, you're you can the have owner. No season.
3: Like you got to figure out a way to how, how do we make this work? Because if if Kyrie is dead set against getting the, the vaccine, that's a major issue for a team that's supposed to win a championship. This is ninety eight point seven ESPN.